You're listening to Midlife State of Mind Podcast, hosted by Aaron Beadle and Belinda Fleming, two gals who dish on all the challenges and opportunities that come with this middle section of your life. Each episode, you'll find yourself going between laughter and tears as they cover all the topics you need to know about midlife. Hello, welcome back to Midlife State of Mind. I'm your host, Erin Beetle, and we have got um, some big changes here at Midlife State of Mind podcast. You might have noticed new music, um, new um, headshots, and to top it all off, it's a new host. We have a new host, Belinda, Belinda Fleming. Hi, Hi. I'm Belinda Fleming, and I'm very, very excited to be a part of Midlife State of Mind podcast, and Erin and I go way back. We have been friends for a really long time, and we have so much in common. We're both obviously living our midlife. Um, I don't know. Are we living midlife yet? Yeah. We're past midlife, but I mean, we're not going to count the years. Um. (laughs) Okay. well. Well, and you say we're alike. Um, but we're very different as well, aren't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. We have many things in common, but we're both on different, uh, trajectories. I'm still raising two children at home. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you've, you've gone into the stage of empty nest, right? Empty nesting. Yeah. So let's tell them how we connected. So we used to be neighbors. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, we both like don't live in the same neighborhood anymore and we both, Barely kind of knew each other, like just on each the other. Fringe. Just on the fringe. And yeah. then I think it was at the bus stop one day. I had gone to yoga and I knew you were really big into yoga. And I think we started talking about it. And then next thing you know, um, one thing that you have to know about Belinda and I both is we like once we make up our mind to do something, <laughs> we just like, all right, I'm doing it. Like I don't ever... And I know you certainly don't, and we'll, we'll get more into you, but I don't hesitate if I decide on something. So we both were like, hey, you want to do a yoga teacher training? Yeah, like, let's figure out somewhere. And we started doing some, like, our figuring out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we ended up doing our yoga teacher training together, our first one, and it was it was interesting to say the least, wasn't it? Oh, gosh, wow. We learned a lot of lessons. We learned a lot about ourselves. We yes. learned a lot about this eight-limb path of yoga, and we're both still walking that path. And, um, and when we learn, and I don't think, honestly, because what we started out with four in our little cohort and went down to three, and actually even the one girl, I, it was um, the third person I think she did end up getting hers but yeah I don't know if if I would have made it through if it hadn't been for you because which we won't slander anyone's name um (laughs) that's not what we're about here at Midlife State of Mind podcast um but we had a very challenging teacher didn't we we did and when I look back on it I mean the, the person that 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 taught us our 200 hour training or whatever the I still hear his voice in my head sometimes like there we learned a lot of life lessons we we did learn a lot about yoga and we still carry that with us today Um, but it was it was extremely challenging and we did rely on each other to get through um, because it is really uh, looking deep within yourself when you mm-hmm. when you decide to go on the path of becoming a yoga teacher, and we highly recommend it. But we also say that you know don't enter it lightly. It's a it's a, it's a huge commitment. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I honestly, it's funny because um, and then I want to get back to about you, but um, 
I had not cried that much <laughs> in my entire life until those months of teacher training. And Jeff was just like ready to go and kick kick some butt because he was just like, you, why are you crying? I mean, it was like, this cannot be good for you if you're crying all the time, but it was actually great. But don't you think in hindsight, like it was a cracking open of yourself? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, yeah. like, oh, I don't regret it. I'm so grateful for it. Um, for every tear, every bit of like reflection. Oh, and just like, even like there was some trauma in our, um, and maybe one day we'll get more into that, but there was definitely some trauma for me um, during it, but it also was like, it also taught me just a lot about myself and that I do not give up. Right. I mean, like, it's like, I'm like, Oh, if you, I learned just how stubborn I am, which isn't always a good thing. But well, anyway. I like to label it as resilience, right? <laughs> stubborn. I mean, we're both stubborn, but we're very resilient women yes. and it shows up in many different areas of our life. And, For sure. and the yoga was a deep dive into um, what it means to, to yoke it all together. Right? Yeah. So. yeah. So, okay. So tell us more about you. So we met, then I, um, so you have five. Yep. I not do. four, not three, not two, not one, five kids. So nope. tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. So I have three children from a first marriage mm -hmm. and I remarried a second time and have two additional children from that marriage. So I am a very blessed and grateful mother of five healthy children. Yeah. So tell us like, tell us ages and sexes and all that. Okay. I have three daughters and two sons. So my sons are the bookends. The girls are in the middle. My oldest son, Colby, just turned 28 and just married. Married. Yeah. So I have a daughter-in-law named Taylor and uh, very excited to um, have both of them living with me right now. And I'm sure they're like, oh, they're not as thrilled about it as I am. But I. Well, but it's been a blessing for them to be able to save money and that way they can like buy a house and all of that. Yeah. So, and so it's been good for you to have company. Absolutely. It just feels like, you know, our children are living their own lives because if we do our job well, right, that we work ourselves out of a job. Yes. And I'm very proud that they're very high-level functioning, independent, kind, compassionate adults. And uh, it's just this little window of time that I actually will have this moment in time mm -hmm. with them because they're they're going to build their own new life together and they're looking at moving to Athens and I want them to and I look forward to it. But I really am enjoying this little piece of time with mm -hmm. them. So my oldest daughter, her name is Abigail and she has found the love of her life, John. Yeah. And she and John moved to Flat Rock, uh, Zirconia area of North Carolina. It's a beautiful little town. And and they're probably about 35 miles from Asheville, and they're very happy. They both love outdoors activities and very much about um, living their best life as minimalistly as possible. I was going to say, and they're like a lot, they're very big into sustainable living, right? Yes, like, and being living uh, environmentally aware. Right, and, more uh, eco-friendly, like less carbon footprint. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's Abigail. She is 26, just turned 26. And okay. then my middle daughter, Amelia, is in nursing school. Daughter Amelia is 21 years old. She just celebrated in November and she'll be graduating from nursing school in May. So yeah, super Yeah, so she's exciting. gone like straight yeah, through. She's actually graduating a year early. She's very disciplined. She's very focused. She wants to continue her studies and get her graduate degree. Um, 
a nurse practitioner degree after this, but she is going to go ahead and start working in critical care and get some experience and, and then, I guess, ask for admission to the nurse Yeah, because I think for like a, an advanced nursing degree, like nurse practitioner or, or uh, become a midwife, you have to work for a certain amount of time. And I think you? it's a good thing. You need the, you need the, the academic experience. and the clinical partner yeah, together. Yeah. So. Which is kind of interesting. So really quickly about Amelia, um, like she was your one that kind of you butted head with heads with some that I did not think that she would become a nurse. I know, I know. She 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 wasn't a hundred percent certain what she wanted to do, but in high school she took a health education class, and then that was the deciding factor for her. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, she's very strong willed. I have very strong willed children, and I'm a strong willed person mm-hmm. too. So yeah, you're definitely like, the apple doesn't fall far <laughs> from the tree. For Absolutely. Sure. And then I have two other children that are still in um, middle school and high school. So my daughter Zadie, um, she'll be 16 in February. So she's a 10th grader in high school. And then my youngest son, Hap Allen, is 14 and he's an 8th grader. So academically, Hap Allen is um, a really great student. Academically, Zadie does not care about school. She's not motivated to make good grades for some reason. I don't know what that reason is. Um, but so she, she's having a little bit of a tough time in high school, uh, of her own choosing. So Mm -hmm. I think she'll figure it out. She's just a live it to learn it kind of person. And there's nothing wrong with that. It just will take her a little bit longer, I think, to find her way. Um, but yeah, so I'm raising, uh, two, two, two children still at home from my second marriage. I'm, I'm divorced currently and been divorced now for about two years. And, um, so there are wonderful things about this midlife state of mind. I think there are a lot of people in my shoes that find themselves at the middle of life without their partner that they thought they would be spending the rest of their life with. Mm -hmm. And then there's probably about 50, I think it's 50% rate on divorce. So it's 50, 50, right? I have half of my friends are with their, their partner and marriage is going great. And just like you are in that next stage of marriage where you kind of reinvent yourself with the empty nest, right? Mm-hmm. And um, for me, I'm still looking for my who my soulmate is going to be on this earth. And I do believe in that. And um, so, yeah. Do you I, believe you have one soulmate? No, I actually believe that you can have multiple soulmates. I do too. And I think that you can have soulmates. Sister, that, soul yes, sisters. Yes, soul. yes, That aren't like romantic. I think you could have many soulmates. Like you can have friends that are soulmates. You can have a soulmate that's like your maybe intellectual soulmate. I think I see a future podcast in that. Yeah. <laughs> like I have an episode for sure. Yeah, definitely an episode. Um, and we, you know, like I think just because I feel like sometimes that people think that like they only have one soulmate mm-hmm. and then they're kind of either disappointed if they don't find it or they're freaked out if they have like if they feel like they have more than one soulmate it's like wait like I should only have one soulmate like mm-hmm. I should only have one person but um but yeah so you were married first time for how long um about 12 years okay. and divorced and then dated a little bit and then fell in love and remarried and my second marriage was uh, almost 15 years okay so. so you've got a lot of uh, marriage experience absolutely <laughs> absolutely and i don't know if marriage is in my future but i definitely uh love um 
partnership and love the idea of a, yeah of having a like a companion mm-hmm. yeah somebody um, okay so we've talked about your kids your um kind of like past romantic life um but so you have been a nurse for 30 almost a little over 30 years okay so, yeah and started out in like did you did critical care nursing at one point? Yes, too? I love critical care. Worked in the ICU for many years. Now I work actively for an insurance company, using that experience and my education from um, critical care, crossing it over into working with work comp. So people that are injured on the job, and there are a lot of complex uh, diagnoses and things that happen. The company that I work for, we insure primarily construction companies. So you can so imagine, lots of accidents. Yeah, you can yeah. imagine the kinds of accidents. So a lot of dealing with orthopedic injuries, even neuro uh, neurological injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, really, uh, my my nursing experience with critical care fell under medical and surgical patients, and um, it, it's serving me well as a nurse, as a case manager for the insurance company as well. Well, so since our listeners are getting to know you. I've always teased you uh, since the back in the days of um, our yoga teacher training that I always say that Belinda schedules her life in 15 minute increments. (laughs) (laughs) I wear many hats. Let's be honest. Yeah. So share some of your other hats. So obviously mom is like your biggest, greatest, most wonderful job. We know that all, you know, if you're a mom, that's everybody's always, you know, like greatest like passion um nurse nursing for years yoga and then talk about what you did with yoga oh so I opened up a yoga studio it's been how long gosh it's almost five years so it'll be five years in like August. August yeah okay so four and a half years and it is a lovely studio and a lovely little community that I've created and it is called soul yoga So S-O-L, the Latin version of soul. And we offer hot yoga classes, aerial yoga, yin, meditation, deep stretch. And I have um, the wonderful opportunity to train other yoga teachers Mm -hmm. and um, have created a beautiful uh, cast of instructors. Uh, I don't know if cast is the right word, but uh, a team. Well, just a team. But so... Um, one thing that I have to like to toot Belinda's horn is that first off, you've never owned a business. No, this is entrepreneurial. Yes, it was new of a lifetime. <laughs> but um, and I actually was um, there for along the steps of yeah. helping you pick out stuff and helping you decide stuff, um, and just seeing like like if you are you know wanting to like kind of picture Belinda in your head like whatever Belinda does she does it like a hundred percent like she doesn't dilly-dally around she doesn't just like dip her toe in (laughs) and you know I mean I have to say you through you know opening any kind of brick and mortar business whatever it is is extremely that the success rate is very small um, and you have weathered so much pandemic yeah pandemic just like you know, I mean, just keeping a business afloat and you've done it well. I mean, mm-hmm. and Belinda is really creative. Um, she's one of those people that has um, not just opened up a yoga studio. She's opened up a thriving yoga studio. She's always looking for like to have, um, 
new innovative things like she does, like acoustic yin, where she'll have somebody come in and play the guitar and sing. She'll do like... We started sound sound therapy. Yeah, sound, sound therapy. Healing. Yeah, sound mm-hmm. healing. You've done like... I remember the... Um, the the I don't, I don't want to Dis, uh, disco silent, yoga silent yeah, yeah. disco yoga yeah 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 the, uh, so like she's always like up for trying something new so that was why when I knew um and I've talked about it um, about Alicia's departure when I I mean it was like it was so serendipitous so I have to tell the story the day that I found out that Alicia was going to um need to take a step back from the podcast. My phone dinged, um, and it was a message from Belinda, and she said, "Hey, Erin, give me a call when you can." It wasn't about the podcast, but um, <laughs> but it was just like I was like, "Oh my gosh, Belinda, Belinda, like Belinda, like whatever she decides, she pours her heart and soul into it." And um, so, she's well, just... you are very kind, and I have to say that you're mirroring qualities that you know this whatever you're seeing in me is because it's a reflection because it's also in you and it was an easy um decision. well I said to her I was like hey let me ask you something and um I was like but don't don't answer it and she was actually about to leave for a big long trip I was like say, take some time to think about it and she was like I'll do it <laughs> <laughs> and I was like okay well still take a little bit of time but um but anyway, so yeah, so you and have, here we are. Yeah, so you have the <laughs> yoga studio that's going so well. Mm-hmm. Um, you're also you lead retreats. I do international yoga retreats, and because of pandemic, I had to curb that for the last three years. Well, because travel is your like me. Travel is your um, it brings me passion. So much joy. Like it's like I you, I think we're very much alike in that sense that. I would rather have travel over anything, right? Like, and material goods, you know, I don't want rings. I don't want jewelry. I agree. I don't want to have like, you know, possessions. I want to travel and see the world. And, and have so, experiences. Totally. Yes. So you, so tell them about when you took the um, group to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Okay. So opened up the yoga studio, decided to lead an international retreat. And I was like, let's have a mountaintop experience. So one of my really good friends had climbed Kilimanjaro the year before. And whatever he can do, I can do kind of thing. He had planted the seed. We ran. Wait, is this? Um, this is my friend that lives in not Ron. Athens. Yes. Oh, Ron. Okay. Ron I know Zion. the name. I've never met him, but um, yeah, he's I know. a wonderful person. And he and I ran uh, marathons together, raised money for Sloan Kettering Memorial for cancer research. And you've run how many marathons now? Uh, I'm training for my sixth marathon. Sixth. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, I I really do love running marathons. It I feel like my yoga practice and all of the things that are a part of yoga, mantras, meditation, pranayama breathing, all of those things I actually are transferable skills to be an effective, uh, successful marathon runner to pass, Mm -hmm. you know, to make it across the finish line. My goal isn't to be the fastest person. I'm not even about keeping up with my time. Yeah, your PR, you're not going for PR. You're just going for like... The goal is to finish. Absolutely. And to enjoy the journey along the way. 
So I like to do hard things and, um, there, there is something about, um, knowing that you can accomplish something that's hard if you set your mind to it and you give yourself achievable goals along the way and you also make it fun. So I only choose marathons that are in beautiful or exciting places. Um, so I might be a little bit of a marathon snob because I don't want to go run Nashville. I love Nashville, but no, but you're like, (laughs) if I'm going to run a marathon, like I'm going to run it somewhere really cool. Right. And, and then that, partners with this joy of travel and adventure right and so anyway back to how I made my way to Mount Kilimanjaro um, was just it just happened that um, one of the yoga students was from India and um, her name was Rinku and her family resides there and so we partnered together with planning this wonderful trip and and I, she had climbed it before correct no it was just a goal oh, she for had her. never climbed it okay she had never for climbed some reason it. i thought that she had yeah. but um but she she wanted to go and we wanted to partner this with the yoga community and it was just a wonderful experience it was much more challenging than we had ever imagined um, but so you, you, you had how many people go total? Um, I think we had about 12 people. 12 people. Mm-hmm. And not only, so you, you coordinated all of the like arrangements for the actual climb with the guides. Right. Right. The like the And then stays. we did a safari. Well, I was going to say then at the end y'all did a safari. Mm-hmm. So you have done lots of like, um, event planning. Yeah. And then I've bet I've traveled to India for yoga. I just got back from Utah, uh, led a yoga retreat, Zion national yeah. park. But so. I want you to tell them, so y'all had 12 people, um, one lady dropped out the first day cause there's different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but then getting to the top, you, out of all the people that went, you were the only woman that, that I got was to the, the only top. I was the only female that summited, and believe it or not, Rinku wasn't able to summit, but her 13 year old son was. So he was the youngest to summit, yeah. and um, it was a really and then two other men, right? Yeah, yeah. So it that tells you how challenging that it yeah, is. Yeah, so because everyone a, wanted to summit. Of yeah, course. so only a third of you guys mm-hmm. out of the total that went could summit. Yes, yes. And everyone that went at points during the climb, during the ascension to uh, the the summit, um, there were periods where some of the the other yoga students would look at me and they were like, um, "Belinda, and whose idea was this?" You know, yeah. and it would be like, "And why are we doing this to ourselves?" But how many days was it? Um, we were hiking for six days. Six days, so no showers. No showers. Living in a two-man tent, going through five ecosystems. I'm very challenging on every level. It's challenging. You even said, and I mean, Belinda does hard things. <laughs> um, but I remember you said it was wet. I underestimated it. Absolutely. You were like, because at the very end, you said y'all were even having to like climb like with hands over. We were hands. in Arctic temperatures the for Summit Day, and um, no one can compare compare and that was in july uh yeah right yeah yeah Yeah. and no one can prepare you for that people can tell you all day long you can read about it but until you're there experiencing it you have no idea what you what how what it is within you to keep going Mm -hmm. and um and really i have a new respect for mother nature yeah (laughs) so what do you think um kept you going when did you ever want to quit um no i never wanted to quit and i knew i wouldn't quit but i think do you think you just made up your mind though i think because i run marathons i had i i know what it feels like to embrace the suck 
And I know what it feels like, the glory of completing something and that finish line kind of feeling. And summiting is what that's similar to. Um, So I feel like I had some life experiences to pull from. My daughter, who had just graduated from UGA. um, Right, Abigail. Abigail. She made it until summit day. And she did try to summit, but the conditions were really harsh. And it was really difficult for her. The altitude sickness started coming in and and no one can prepare for that. Mm -hmm. It could have affected me. It didn't. I have no rhyme or reason to why it didn't. Um, Maybe if I were to ever do a climb like that again, it could, you know, depending on my nutrition, my, you know, just my physical, um, it isn't really so much about your physical, um, you know, determination. It is like metabolic even, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, it is. But I think some of it like, I just feel like for you is mind over matter. Yeah. That for a lot of times, I think like if we give ourselves the option to quit, then we'll quit. Mm -hmm. Whereas we're just like, I'm doing this. I mean, I know I don't, I don't climb mountains. (laughs) Um, That is where Lynn and I differ. Uh, That has holds no appeal to me. Ever, Um, ever. No, not at all. And I mean, granted, I know with a pacemaker and with, you know, a heart condition, that is not something that would be wise for me to even do, but it's not, so it's not on my radar. But I think other times that I've like, I've wanted to give up on things mm-hmm. or, or, or that like most people may, maybe I haven't wanted to give up, but most people would have given up. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I think it's just the stubbornness that you and I both have that is just like, I don't care. You know, I mean, I'm not saying I won't quit something if I need to. Right. But if I want to do it, I won't quit. There's nothing that's going to stop. Right, right. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, it's interesting that you mentioned that you, you definitely won't be climbing mountains. But you know what we will be doing? Going to Italy next year. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, I I teased about all the new things that are coming. So, Belen and I are um, manifesting a retreat for Midlife State of Mind listeners. Um, A women's retreat. Women's. Yeah, well, hopefully, mostly only women probably listen to us. (laughs) I think we're like 99.9% women listeners. And we are going to do a week-long retreat in Italy um, where we host um, a select group of women who are going to come. You're going to be doing a program that leads up to the week in Italy. We're going to have so much awesome. I've done some yoga retreats, not internationally, um, but I think between Belinda and I's um, you know, experience and expertise in leading retreats, it's going to be life-changing. Absolutely. I mean, it's going to be like, it's going to be, if you've ever read Eat, Pray, Love, it's going to be an Eat, Pray, Love type of situation where we're going to have fun. It's going to be some serious, some personal development, self-growth, um, but a lot of fun, learning some new things, um, adventure, um, relaxation. There'll be some yoga for sure, you know, mindset. But um, it's really about embracing this midlife state yes. and leveling up, being our best self and yes. supporting other women to do that as well. I'm yes. so excited about it. I yes. can't wait. And really everything that you and I do has the the, the foundation of yoking mind, body, and spirit. Yes, so. yes. Yeah, so what we really envision for this is that people like ourselves who are like almost like – 
you know, you're reclaiming your wholeness. You're like saying like, you know, when you've been a mom forever, or, or even if you haven't been a mom, but let's say your career has been your baby mm-hmm. and you've just poured all this energy outwards into things and it's just like constant like outflow and we're like saying okay for this period of time it's all going to be coming in it's going to be this inward journey it's going to be this like you know coming back recharging yeah revitalizing giving taking out time for yourself because let's be honest if you're a female most females are giving 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 right absolutely and this is an opportunity for us to just take some time and really recharge and grow and expand on all of whatever our strengths are and even even really reflecting on what what areas we might want to change or improve you know Mm -hmm. um, we talked about when things don't fit in your life anymore yes and um, what happens is when you can sit with whatever things don't fit anymore, it creates space for, what? for expanding into yes, what does exactly. and what should. And I think in the topics that we explore in the upcoming episodes, we'll talk about you know the different things that don't fit in your life anymore. And change is scary. I mean, change is like hard. Change is not fun, but it's necessary. Absolutely. You know, I, I love the... Um, you know, that there's like a saying, you know, like, um, it's like change or die. I mean, and I don't mean literally die, but it's like, you have to constantly be able, you know, and, and so to adapt to change too, not because we can't bury our heads in the sand. That's not living. Right. Right. And change is part of life. And I mean, we can look in the mirror every day and see the changes that are happening physically, well, yeah. right? We won't even talk about that. But I mean, we all want to age gracefully. But, you know, better than that, just the physicalness of aging, right, is right. one thing you have to wrap your brain around. And as women, we, you know, we how we all show up every single day. I want my life to be more than just this physical aspect of watching myself age. I want to be living my fullest, most richest life um, at every stage of my life. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like the reason that you and I partner together so well is that we both have this, this really huge zest for life. Yes. And the obstacles along the way are part of the journey. We each have had our own set of obstacles Mm -hmm. and we'll continue to, but it's how we respond and how we adapt to change along the way that really empowers us to be the best um, that we can possibly be and lift everybody else up along the way. Because I don't ha- always have good days. You don't always have good no, days. No, and it's okay to have a pity party. Absolutely. That's what I think. But you pe- can't stay there. Right. I think that people, I've allowed myself many times over the years with different situations, health situations or what have you, you know, have a pity party day where, you know, you hole up in your house or, you know, you... And have a friend that'll hold space for that, too. Yeah, you know, And we have done that for one another. Yeah, we've been through... (laughs) We have a tribe. We have a really tight-knit tribe of friends, both of us. You know, some of us, some of our friends overlap. Yes. But we also have, you know, you have your set of friends, I have mine. and, And we have those people in our lives that support us when things aren't going exactly how we had hoped that they would or whatever. And Well, um, we've done it for each other. And it's funny because not too long ago, I told Belinda, Jeff was out of town and I was walking my dog and I started feeling like, Oh, like maybe I'm having like some palpitations and Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure. And I was like, 
you know, if you've ever had like a fib or anything, yeah. yeah, you, you know, like part of the reaction is psychological, like, oh my gosh, here we go again. And, and I start getting in my head and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to end up and then I'm like, stop. But then I was like, okay, who am I going to call? And is this really happening? Yes. And yes. now then it's like, put a plan in place. Yeah. So I was like, all right, if it happens, it's okay. I'll deal with it. But who am I going to call? Cause Jess in India, my whole family, my two grown boys live in Savannah. My one's in college in Macon. They're hour and a half to and four your mom's and a half a hours. Nurse, my, and my but... mom's in Savannah, four and a half hours from me. So I, I was like, Belinda. Belinda's the one that I know I can call that would come to the hospital if I needed Day her Day or night. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank goodness I didn't have to. Yeah. Then it was like, once I, once I was like, okay, you know, sometimes like we catastrophize things um, and we go to worst case scenario. But then if we just say, okay, if that's the worst case, I'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's both of us are like... I say stubborn, you say resilient. We're both, <laughs> we're both pretty resilient. I mean, let's be honest. I'm pretty stubborn too, but I like to phrase it. I like to, to, yeah. to put, put the quotation. positive spin on things. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. was there anything else you want to add? I mean, so ne- next um, week we're going to dive into the episodes that relate to when things don't fit in your life anymore. This was just a great way to kick off because Alicia, you know, podcast didn't fit in her life anymore. It fits in Belinda's life. She made, you know, space for something new. Um, well, I just have line. to say, too, that it fits in your life. And you've, you've really showed up for two years, right? Two episodes. And this will yeah. be, I mean, I'm well, sorry. Well, first, well, one year total. Yeah, yeah. But Even how many seasons? Two? Two full seasons. Yeah. And like, I mean, when other, I found, I found out some really interesting statistics that most people give up after seven episodes. And I can see why. Mm-hmm. Because it is like you, you know, just have these high expectations, like everybody's going to listen and love us, you know? And I think that as people listen, they do love us. And you guys <laughs> certainly have y'all shown up over and over. We so appreciate every listener, but, um, I can see why people give up mm-hmm. and, but I'm like, Oh hell no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will not admit defeat. Well, here's the thing I love about it is that it's a new skill set. I, yeah. I, I mean, every time I mention it to someone, they're like, Oh yeah, I just heard so-and-so has a podcast and Susie has a podcast and you know, Don down the street has a podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know what? It is a wonderful thing. And everyone is experiencing what, you know, this trial and error of it. Absolutely. But, but to be successful, you have to be willing to change, yes. right? Go with the flow. You have to be willing to um, sit with what hours and hours of editing. Yes. You're learning a new skill set too. Because and a lot of people say like, oh, I wish I could do it, but I just, I'm too old or I can't. And I'm just like, oh, That's no. self-limiting, right? Yeah. Self-limiting. We won't have that as... I, I don't think that's in our vocabulary. If, if if there's something that we decide we want to do, we're going to take the deep dive and yeah. we're going to continue to grow and expand and find our strengths in this new uh, skill set. Yeah, so, I'm excited about it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that about wraps up this week. Um, we appreciate every listener. Thank you for listening. Hit subscribe so you can stay um, connected. Yet and, and know when we release new episodes. We release every Wednesday. Um, and then follow us on all the socials, Midlife State of Mind podcast on um, Instagram, Facebook. 
And then we will have info coming soon on our website. So you'll get to see um, our faces, learn a little bit more about us, and you'll also get to find out about our upcoming retreat. Absolutely. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, guys. All right. Bye now. Bye. This has been an East Word production.